there was once a little man called Niggle, who had a long journey to make. He did not want to go. Indeed, the whole idea was distasteful to him, but he could not get out of it. He knew he would have to start some time, but he did not hurry with his preparations. Niggle was a painter, not a very successful one, partly because he had many other things to do. Most of these things he thought were a nuisance, but he did them fairly well when he could not get out of them, which, in his opinion, was far too often. The laws in his country were rather strict. There were other hindrances, too. For one thing, he was sometimes just idle and did nothing at all. For another, he was kind-hearted in a way. You know the sort of kind heart. It made him uncomfortable more often than it made him do anything. And even when he did anything, it did not prevent him from grumbling, losing his temper, and swearing, mostly to himself. All the same, it did land him in a good many odd jobs for his neighbour, Mr. Parrish, a man with a lame leg. Occasionally, he even helped other people from further off, if they came and asked him to. Also, now and again, he remembered his journey, and began to pack a few things in an ineffectual way. At such times, he did not paint very much. He had a number of pictures on hand. Most of them were too large and ambitious for his skill. He was the sort of painter who can paint leaves better than trees. He used to spend a long time on a single leaf, trying to catch its shape and its sheen, and the glistening of dewdrops on its edges. Yet he wanted to paint a whole tree, with all of its leaves in the same style, and all of them different. There was one picture in particular which bothered him. It had begun with a leaf caught in the wind, and it became a tree. And the tree grew, sending out innumerable branches and thrusting out the most fantastic roots. Strange birds came and settled on the twigs and had to be attended to. Then, all round the tree and behind it, through the gaps in the leaves and boughs, a country began to open out, and there were glimpses of a forest marching over the land, and of mountains tipped with snow. Niggle lost interest in his other pictures, or else he took them and tacked them on to the edges of his great picture. Soon the canvas became so large that he had to get a ladder, and he ran up and down it, putting in a touch here and rubbing out a patch there, when people came to call, he seemed polite enough, though he fiddled a little with the pencils on his desk. He listened to what they said, but underneath he was thinking all the time about his big canvas, in the tall shed that had been built for it out in his garden, on a plot where once he had grown potatoes. He could not get rid of his kind heart. I wish I was more strong-minded, he sometimes said to himself meaning that he wished other people's troubles did not make him feel uncomfortable. But for a long time he was not seriously perturbed. At any rate, I shall get this one picture done, my real picture, before I have to go on that wretched journey, he used to say. Yet he was beginning to see that he could not put off his start indefinitely. The picture would have to stop just growing and get finished. One day Niggle stood a little way off from his picture and considered it with unusual attention and detachment. He could not make up his mind what he thought about it, and wished he had some friend who would tell him what to think. 
Actually, it seemed to him wholly unsatisfactory, and yet very lovely, and the only really beautiful picture in the world. What he would have liked at that moment would have been to see himself walk in and slap him on the back and say, with obvious sincerity, absolutely magnificent. I see exactly what you are getting at. Do get on with it and don't bother about anything else. We will arrange for a public pension so that you need not. However, there was no public pension. And one thing he could see, it would need some concentration, some work, Hard, uninterrupted work to finish the picture even at its present size. He rolled up his sleeves and began to concentrate. He tried for several days not to bother about other things. But there came a tremendous crop of interruptions. Things went wrong in his house. He had to go and serve on a jury in the town. A distant friend fell ill. Mr. Parrish was laid up with lumbago and visitors kept on coming. It was springtime, and they wanted a free tea in the country. Niggle lived in a pleasant little house miles away from the town. He cursed them in his heart, but he could not deny that he had invited them himself, away back in the winter, when he had not thought it an interruption to visit the shops and have tea with acquaintances in the town. He tried to harden his heart, but it was not a success. There were many things that he had not the face to say no to, whether he thought them duties or not, and there were some things he was compelled to do, whatever he thought. Some of his visitors hinted that his garden was rather neglected, and that he might get a visit from an inspector. Very few of them knew about his picture, of course, but if they had known, it would not have made much difference. I doubt if they would have thought that it mattered much. I dare say it was not really a very good picture, though it may have had some good passages. The tree, at any rate, was curious, quite unique in its way. So was Niggle, though he was also a very ordinary and rather silly little man. At length, Niggle's time became really precious. His acquaintances in the distant town began to remember that the little man had got to make a troublesome journey and some began to calculate how long at the latest he could put off starting. They wondered who would take his house, and if the garden would be better kept. The autumn came, very wet and windy. The little painter was in his shed. He was up on the ladder, trying to catch the gleam of the westering sun on the peak of a snow mountain, which he had glimpsed just to the left of the leafy tip of one of the tree's branches. He knew that he would have to be leaving soon, Perhaps early next year he could only just get the picture finished, and only so-so at that. There were some corners where he would not have time now to do more than hint at what he wanted. There was a knock on the door. "'Come in,' he said sharply, and climbed down the ladder. He stood on the floor, twiddling his brush. It was his neighbour, Parrish, his only real neighbour. All other folk lived a long way off. Still, he did not like the man very much, partly because he was so often in trouble and in need of help, and also because he did not care about painting, but was very critical about gardening. When Parrish looked at Niggle's garden, which was often, he saw mostly weeds, and when he looked at Niggle's pictures, which was seldom, he saw only green and grey patches and black lines, which seemed to him nonsensical. 
He did not mind mentioning the weeds, a neighbourly duty, but he refrained from giving any opinion of the pictures. He thought this was very kind, and did not realise that, even if it was kind, it was not kind enough. Help with the weeds, and perhaps praise for the pictures would have been better. "'Well, Parish, what is it?' said Niggle. I, "'I oughtn't to interrupt you, I know,' said Parrish, without a glance at the picture. Y "'You are very busy, I'm sure.' Niggle had meant to say something like that himself, but he had missed his chance. All he said was, "'Yes, but I have no one else to turn to,' said Parrish. "'Quite so,' said Niggle, with a sigh. "'One of those sighs that are a private comment, but which are not made quite inaudible. "'What can I do for you?' "'My wife has been ill for some days, and I'm getting worried,' said Parrish. "'And the wind has blown half the tiles off my roof, and the water's pouring into the bedroom. "'I think I ought to get the doctor, and the builders too, only they take so long to come.' "'I was wondering if you had any wood and canvas you could spare, "'just to patch me up and see me through for a day or two. Now he did look at the picture. Oh, dear, dear, said Niggle, you are unlucky. I hope it is no more than a cold that your wife has got. I'll come round presently and help you move the patient downstairs. Thank you very much, said Parrish, rather coolly. But it is not a cold. It is a fever. I should not have bothered you for a cold. And my wife is in bed downstairs already. I can't get up and down with trays, not with my leg. But I see you are busy. Sorry to have troubled you. I had rather hoped you might have been able to spare the time to go for the doctor, seeing how I'm placed, and the builder too. If you really have no canvas you can spare. Of course, said Niggle, though other words were in his heart, which at the moment was merely soft, without feeling at all kind. I could go. I'll go if you are really worried. I am worried. Very worried. I wish I was not lame, said Parrish. So Niggle went. You see, it was awkward. Parrish was his neighbour and everyone else a long way off. Niggle had a bicycle and Parrish had not. "'and could not ride one. "'Parrish had a lame leg, a genuine lame leg, "'which gave him a good deal of pain. "'That had to be remembered, "'as well as his sour expression and whining voice. "'Of course, Niggle had a picture and barely time to finish it, "'but it seemed that this was a thing that Parrish had to reckon with, "'and not Niggle. "'Parrish, however, did not reckon with pictures, "'and Niggle could not alter that. "'Curse it,' he said to himself as he got out his bicycle.' It was wet and windy, and daylight was waning. No more work for me today, thought Niggle, and all the time that he was riding he was either swearing to himself or imagining the strokes of his brush on the mountain and on the spray of leaves beside it that he had first imagined in the spring. His fingers twitched on the handlebars. Now he was out of the shed, he saw exactly the way in which to treat that shining spray which framed the distant vision of the mountain. But he had a sinking feeling in his heart, a sort of fear, that he would never now get a chance to try it out. 